In this week's episode of TechSess, I'm joined by the queen of 365, Cheryl Newman, to explain the real-world benefits of Power BI for your business. I'm Mark Riddell, and this is the TechSess Podcast. We publish a new episode every Wednesday packed full of IT and cybersecurity advice to help businesses like yours to make the right decisions and get the best from your technology investment. Make sure to follow TechSess on your favourite podcast player to ensure you don't miss future episodes. Thanks for coming on because I think I've tried a couple of times or suggested a couple of times to get you in the podcast. It's not been easy. I don't know what I did right this time. I haven't bribed you of anything. <laughs> I'm not scared of failure, Mark. I'm not scared of failure. I never have been. I mean, for goodness sake, I set up my business at the start of a recession. There was, there was no, I had no customers, nothing. And everyone's like, what are you doing? This is suicidal. Why are you doing this? I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. I had no clue about running a business. But I think what it is, and I think something I talk about a lot is that fear of embarrassment, isn't it? It's fear of saying something wrong or fear of being judged that we all have, what people think. And you know what? I turned 50 last year. You don't have to say, I don't look it. It's fine. It's fine. But I turned 50 last year. And I just thought, do you know what? Life's for living. You know, let's just do this. So it was my year of saying yes to everything. So I think you got me in a good day. So it was like, why not do this? I know my business. I know what I do. I am who I am. And at the end of the day, you're not going to have everyone like you anyway, are you? You'll find your own tribe in life. And that's my attitude now. So yeah, that's why I said yes. Well, thank you very much. I was just talking about this earlier today, actually, of how I've got to network and events in business, like feels like from my whole life, pretty much. And the amount of people when they get that chance to pitch to the room and talk about the business and who they want to be introduced to and stuff. And the amount of people that just stand up and say, I'm looking to speak to anybody that's looking for a lawyer or an IT company or whatever. And I'm like, but you're not really, are you? You're not looking to speak to anybody. And I think, I don't know what it is, but people are just scared of missing out. They're like, well, if I focus on something and who I'm looking to speak to, what about all the other people? I'm like, yeah, but you know that you don't want all those other people, right? And I was like, well, if someone was out dating, right? And you had a dating profile, you know, if, if you don't like blondes, no offense, Cheryl, but if you don't like blondes, you wouldn't say that, oh, I'm looking to, to go on a date with blondes, right? So when it comes to personal things, I think people are quite strong. Like you get people who go, nah, I hate coffee, only drink tea. No, I'm a wine guy, not a beer guy or whatever. But when it comes to the business to business stuff, people are quite scared to say what they actually want. And I think what you're saying is the imposter syndrome. I get that as well. I still get that, you know, still a thing, but it's fading away. Do you know, it's really interesting. And I talk about, I don't talk about this a lot. I'm always driven by if someone says, no, I'll say, I'll, I'm, I'm going to prove you. I'm going to prove you wrong because that's just that inner thing in me. And I remember when I started the business, uh, being at a networking event and um, you know what it's like, Mark, our industry is very male dominated. It's quite gray. It's very suits. And as a company, we're none of these things. We're very, very professional, but we're very friendly. We're very human. We, we just we just want to help people make a difference. A very well-respected person said to me, a woman running a business, it's never going to happen. Just stay at home and cook your husband's dinner. Now, my husband's actually much better at cooking dinner than I am. But the reason I'm saying this to you is like, this is something I'm very proud of, and, and I haven't shared this yet. So you're kind of getting a little bit of, of something I'm super proud of. We took the opportunity to put ourselves forward for an employee survey. So it's been done across the whole of the UK. We get benchmarked against our industry and we get the results. It's completely anonymous. It's completely open. And we got the results last week and we scored 95% out of 100, 20% above our industry standard. How amazing is that? Wow. That's awesome. 
And that's from leading from a place of vulnerability and kindness, which is something that we get laughed at a lot about. It's like, well, but that's where that's where I believe we should be because we're all here to make a difference, to help each other, to be better who we are. I was quite shocked at those results. They said they'd never, ever seen results like that, ever. And I was proud. I was proud of what the team and I have created together as a culture and as a value-driven business. So yeah, that was my yay to that man moment. <laughs> Screw him, that's what we're saying. Yeah, screw him. Don't tell me what I can't do. I'll show you what I can. But should you be shocked of like having great results? Because really, you might be, but should you really be? Because it all comes down to you as a person and you know the team that you build is people like you. So why would you be so shocked about it? I know it's always kind of surprising when you see it kind of in black and white, but you shouldn't really be shocked, should you? You just never know, do you? You do your best. You create the boundaries, you create the opportunities for people to come in and to, and I know we're a small business, but I always wanted people to feel they had a career here. It wasn't just a job. I wanted people to feel that they could progress and they could have access to opportunities that perhaps they wouldn't get as part of a larger organization. So you never know for sure. And you set the parameters and you allow them to kind of take autonomy and to take control of their own selves. And I think that's something I always wanted to do. It's something I never had. You know, we all worked in these offices where it's just soulless and quiet and no one talks and there's a certain way of being or performing. And as long as our customers are looked after in the way I like them to be looked after and we take care of each other, if we've got each other's backs in here, then I think that's a great way to start, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've worked for big companies, you know, in my past when I was a student things and you're just a, a tiny cog in a huge machine. You know, I always like to kind of prefer to be a big cog in a smaller machine because you, you have a more important part to play your voice is heard more often. And there was um, a student that we employed way back in the beginning, a kind of M3, he worked with us for a, for a while over a summer. And eventually he went and got a job for, I'll not name them, but it was a bank, he working in IT in a big bank. And I met with him for dinner a few years later. And he was like, just don't really enjoy what I'm doing. I mean, it's kind of like, seems like the dream job, right? Working in IT for a big bank. He's like, but... I'm just pigeonholed into this box. I'm just there to do a thing. Whereas when he worked for us, he could, yeah, oh, I see something over there. I can help with that. I can I can get involved in this. I can be involved in lots of things that are going on in the smaller business. Whereas in this big company, they don't want me to step out of my box. They just want me to do the thing that I'm there to do. So I'm very constrained. And if you have a natural creative kind of brain, it's difficult when you're just kind of like, no, don't think, just do the thing that we've hired you to do and that's it, you know, which is why I like to have people around me that have ideas and want to kind of contribute and be part of that. Because I was like, well, I don't know everything. You know, I say it all the time. Neil's fed up with me saying that <laughs> I don't know what I don't know, right? And despite what some people might say, I'm more than happy to be proven wrong because that's, that's something when, when you learn things as well. So yeah, I mean, we're all on the same page with that. And we've spoken a few, quite a bit kind of together over the years. And, you know, I think we're very similar, like-minded with things. We totally are. And I, I love being challenged. I love it. You know, you should always be looking to employ people in your business that are better than you, because that's how we grow and that's how we learn. And the day we stop learning is the, is the day we just need to give up, isn't it? So you're right. It's good to be pushed. And any company owner that doesn't, it's in the wrong game. Speaking of companies, one thing that I wanted to ask you, which I don't think I've actually asked you, and I don't know the answer to this, is where did you come up with the name Appetite for Business? So it actually wasn't me. Prior to this business, 
I was part of another business and it was called Appetite for Learning. And we were predominantly a learning business at that time. That's what we did. But then we were starting to find that companies were coming to us saying, well, could you do this or could you help us with that? And we were like, well, yes, we could. So it started to become this, this name wasn't really a fit. It wasn't who we were. So I actually met someone on LinkedIn who was a branding kind of, he actually branded food businesses, believe it or not. But I really liked his vibe. He was, he was great. We had a great connection and we just, we, we got him involved and he came up with the name Appetite for Business because we're really interested in businesses. We're really interested in how businesses are built using technology and how we can help them to be more efficient and perform better, but also individuals as well as the, as, as the business. So that was where it came from because we were really curious about helping companies with that next stage of growth. And we find with SMEs that they get to a certain level and then they just don't know how to take it to the next level, particularly using kind of industry standard um, technology. So that's how we came up with it. It was actually a food branding industry expert that just came, sat with us, threw some ideas around the room and we just loved it and, and went with it. Well, there we go. I didn't know that and I never asked you that before. I know a bit about what you guys do and your headline on your website I'm looking at it right now, it says improve business performance through Microsoft 365 technology and consultancy. So I think actually the reason we managed to convince you to come on here is because a few weeks back we did a podcast about Microsoft Power BI and I just started talking about it. And I think, did I describe you as the queen of Microsoft 365 or something like that? It's going to be something I can't live up to. <laughs> something something like that, Queen of SharePoint or some, it was something like that. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you've still not updated your LinkedIn title to include that though, which I think shall you should I, shall definitely I that? do. Shall I try that, Queen of, see see what kind of results I get. That'd be quite interesting actually. I might just do that for a bit of a laugh. You should, definitely. But yeah, so I was kind of trying to introduce Microsoft Power BI because I'd never spoken about it before. But I mean, you guys are the, the kind of the gurus on 365, Power BI and all this kind of stuff. And I think the first thing that would be good just to kind of help people understand is the difference between what we do at M3 Networks and what you guys do and how kind of we kind of would interact. Because I think you guys get mistaken sometimes. It's like, oh, you guys do IT support, right? And But you don't. And whilst we help businesses transition to things like SharePoint, we certainly don't take things to the level of what you guys do. We don't provide that consultancy, the training, the development of like Power BI stuff and whatnot. So maybe you can kind of explain a bit more about the actual things you do and how you're different from an IT support kind of business. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're quite a uniquely positioned technology company. Our kind of ideal target for us is SMBs. We do work with larger organizations and we enjoy working with larger organizations, but predominantly I think it's a smaller business. And I think a lot of people, yeah, do think, oh, you do, you're an IT business. It's like, no, we're not. That's not our skill set. We work very happily as a partnership with companies, obviously, like yourself, Mark. But where we can add value is coming in where you guys kind of hand over almost. So you've now got this fantastic technology sitting in your business and you're thinking, what can I do with it? And we often see so many companies, especially small businesses, when they're trying to, re well, you know what it's like when you start your business out, you're going to take all the free technology that's going on, aren't you? Of course you are. But then therein lies the risk squares where you fit in, Mark. So like, there's some security issues around that. You know, are you thinking carefully about how you're sharing your data, who you're sharing your data with? Well, you know, who has got access to this? So for us, it's like that next level of growth where they're thinking, okay, I'm investing in Microsoft 365. What tools have I got access to? What technology can I utilize to help me to grow my business, to be more efficient in the practices that we do and to upskill our teams? 
Now, a lot of people historically, they would say, oh, we're not training our teams, for example. We're not training our teams because they know it. But not everyone understands that there's almost like 180 updates of Microsoft every month. It's evolving at a rate of knots. And for a small business owner to try and keep up to date with all that and to try and to make sure his teams are aware of these updates, especially when you've got hybrid working in place as well, because you've got a team that's sitting remote from your business. How are you trying to make sure that they're doing what they need to be doing and utilizing the tools efficiently? So that's kind of where we come in. It's that I always talk about, we, I think we spoke about this analogy before. It's like your house. Let's talk about a house because everyone understands a house. So Mark's company is helping you to get your house set up. You're setting your foundations, you're setting your security in place. Once you're in and you're settled, we're like the ones that go, okay, right, what do you want to do now? It's like building your extension onto your house. It's adding those additional components to make it better. So you might have had your, no offense, Ikea, your 999 Ikea sofa, but now you want to upgrade that. You want to make it better. And um, so we can we can help you to do that. And I think in a world of digital, obviously COVID has demonstrated that very successfully, but our customers want us to be digitally efficient. They want to be secure. They want to know that they're working with a partner who knows what they're doing, that the setup's there. And so that's kind of where we where we come in. I think for me as well, it's around, we all know about storytelling, don't we? We all, storytelling's very emotive. It's very human characteristics. And if we're going to touch a little bit on Power BI to start with, which is one of the services that we do provide, you know, we talk about our stories, but Power BI, which is, can be quite analytical and flat, but actually can really tell a story. So it's adding value to that data, whereas Excel previously is quite flat. It's quite static. Now you can actually start to see something visually. So for a small business owner, being able to see on a dashboard where the business is going, how their sales are going, and to be able to action that in a real-time scenario, it's gold dust. It's absolute gold dust for them because they're being proactive now as opposed to being reactive where they might have had to look back on, on months and months of data. And in fact, we helped one company recently to actually to visualize future trends of their data by taking five years back data. We were able to predict for them how their sales could look in the future and where they needed to go and what tweaks they might have needed to make. So it becomes this powerful way of visually representing to an audience of kind of where you are. Yeah, it offers so much value to a business. And small businesses historically said, oh, this is only for the larger companies, but it's not. And it's now being designed so they can have access to it. There's some free versions of it that you can utilize to get up and get started. There's some free templates that are widely available. And we definitely point our customers to those. But when you really want to start getting into that, defining that story and thinking about what you want to say, then obviously having the help of someone like us can really help you to position it in a different way. I mean, in the past, big businesses would have invested in like business intelligence and like all this analytical stuff, you know, but definitely now, I mean, like you said, the, the free version of like Power BI, most businesses are probably already licensing themselves for that th through 365 and just not making use of it. They have data. It's just a case of like, well, what can you do with the data that you have to help you understand your business better, to measure performance of things, KPIs, to, to help you make better data-driven decisions? And yeah, it's, it's incredibly powerful. And the thing is, there's so many different use cases that you could kind of come up with and stuff. So we, obviously we do client projects, it's billable work. So this would be the same for any consultancy or IT business. So obviously we've got a certain amount of time in which we have allocated to do a job. So what we've got set up ourselves, because, so I like to say we eat our own dog food. Someone said to me, say, you drink your own champagne, Cheryl, it sounds better. So there we go, I drink my own champagne. <laughs> <laughs> so our ops manager, if something goes over hours or if something goes over budget, 
it will send an alert. So she'll get an alert on her phone with a notification to say this project is now running over. We don't do that, by the way, but I just have to have to caveat that. But it could say that this, this project is now running over. You need to speak to the client. So again, it's that real time. It's, it's giving you that proactive approach as opposed to this kind of reactive or week later going, oh, we went over that project by 20 hours. How did that happen? So again, it's just it's just that kind of proactivity. We had another smaller customer, a small customer. They had 65, 65 sheets of Excel and they were trying to manage their yeah, 65 sheets. And the whole Excel was, was breaking and they couldn't see any reporting. And they were trying to extract information and they just couldn't do it. So what they were having to do was actually take a copy down, make the adjustments, then take extract that and put it into PowerPoint. I mean, it was so painful. And um, we actually helped them save one full-time person's salary by just literally automating and removing that process and moving it into Power BI. So for any small business that says, I can't afford this, my retort is you can't afford not to. Because why all of us are in sales. That's our business, isn't it? We're all about selling our businesses and supporting people. But where, what about if you can get your people really hyper-focused on what it is that you're trying to do and remove that admin overhead and take that away from you? You know, where does it work? What kind of efficiencies and cost savings can that lead to? So yeah, that's kind of a couple of examples of where it can really, really be quite powerful. Obviously, producer Neil here is listening to this conversation and I'm just already thinking of ideas that how he could use kind of dashboards and data and stuff and how cool it would be. I don't know if it's if, if it would be possible, but how cool it would be if he had dashboards that he could monitor and manage the stats and the, the information on all the podcasts that he manages and stuff. Yeah, and it's not just your own internal data, it's external data. So we worked with one company who wanted to do some data scrapes of, of industry news. So it collates it all, it pulls it all in, and it presents it in a really nice report. So you don't have to go out there and try and update it and find it. it's automatically doing it for you all the time. It's a really cool, powerful, powerful beast. And like you said, there's, there's, I mean, the world runs on Excel, right? I mean, let's be honest. Like yeah. I've said, like Microsoft, I don't know why Microsoft have not thought of this, and you know, hopefully they don't. But if I was Microsoft, I'd be like, right, we're splitting Microsoft Excel out and it's going to become its own thing and they could charge an absolute arm and a leg for it and businesses would pay it. But because like you said, the, the world runs on Excel spreadsheets, but the problem with Excel, it, you can create you know, like graphs and charts and stuff. But it's all very static stuff. Like you said, it's like, it's not like with, like with Power BI, we'd be able to like drill down into stuff and see this kind of much more dynamically. And that's the thing. And it's also a lot of people have fears about security. Like, oh, what if someone sees my data? But it's all got controlled user groups. So an end user might only have access to a certain amount of material, whereas a manager could then see the next level up, whereas the group manager might then have access to everything. So, yeah, it's all very controlled. It's all very safe. But the other thing with Excel as well, and we all know this, is it's open to human error. I remember once working with a company and they asked us to come in because what happened was it was a spreadsheet that had been started in 10 years ago and then someone had inherited it, someone else had inherited it, someone, and everyone was making changes and doing little things. And they ended up finding that they were reporting eight months out of, out of 12 of their, of their health and safety data because someone had made a change to a cell that no one else knew about. And then this continued and this continued. And how many companies is this happening in? How can you be sure your information is the most reliant and up-to-date that it can be because, again, it comes back to as well, we all think our proficiency in software applications is great, don't we? We'll say, oh, I can use that. 
but can we? Can we really? And it's not making anyone being stupid that they can't, but things are changing so fast and so rapidly. It's really important to keep upskilling and, and keep, you know, keep yourself up to date to make sure that you are aware of what it is that you're doing and any changes that you might be making, just to keep yourself and your company safe more than anything else as well. So yeah, it's fascinating. I don't think there'd be many businesses that wouldn't have some data, whether it's Excel or another format, they could make use of something like this and to do more with the data that they already have. It's not just the Power BI market, it's things like automating your business processes. You know, how many of us have got manual copies of holiday sheets, for example, Then you have to fill it in and then you have to get up and walk out your seat and find your boss and get them to sign it. Then they have to hand it to maybe an admin assistant to input it into the system. How much time is that all taking if you actually start to break it down? And how much easier if you could have something that's just online that someone can completely fill in, takes them a couple of minutes to do it, it updates onto a SharePoint list somewhere, and the information's there available, to, again, to be manipulated or represented. So there's all these small little things in businesses that we do that we can automate and make our lives a lot a lot easier in, in the process of, of doing it. So is there things like the, the holiday request thing there is a kind of a nice kind of simple example every business has to deal with that so if you start working with a business they may come to you for a specific request do you suggest a lot of these kind of basic kind of like these are things that we can help you with and then the big thing that they've asked for kind of is another thing or do you just literally focus on what it is they want we really love working with businesses we're quite intrigued we like to get really good under the skin like really good under skin and often what you find is what a business owner comes with what they think they're wanting isn't actually what they need and for me, it's around, we need to give you what you need, not what you think you want. So we ask a lot of questions and that might be part of an, a discovery um, session, just sitting down and saying, look, what are you using? And one thing, and you'll see this yourself, Mark, one thing small business owners is they've got all these multiple systems that could potentially be doing the same thing, but they think they need to have them. So they maybe got like a Trello board for capturing their tasks. They've maybe got some kind of planning software for doing their project management. And a lot of these tools are actually available within Microsoft 365, but people aren't aware of them. So we would sit down, we'd talk around what the challenges were, what really gets them frustrated, and you know, what, what is it that's causing the pain for them? And then we'll start to put together a kind of quick wins. What's the one thing that's really, really, really bugging you right now? What's the one thing that would make the biggest difference to you as a business owner, or as a kind of senior manager in an organization? What's the one thing that would really help you sleep better at night? And we'll focus on that. And then we'll work down a list of other nice to haves next. So it's always focusing on the one thing that will make the biggest difference to them at that time. You want to spend your money wisely. You want to spend your money correctly. You want to put it in the areas where it's going to deliver the biggest return and investment for you. So I think it's really important not to have a scattergun. I think there's a lot of tech companies that'll come and say, oh, I've got a tool bag of these tools. But they might not be applicable to the needs of that, to that company. So it's always about listening and understanding the needs and then finding the relevant solution that fits. Is there a particular industry or kind of type of business that you would think is that an ideal fit for you guys? I think the thing with 365 is that it's an industry leading product. Most industries have it. We obviously coming from, from Aberdeen, you know, we do work globally with global companies. Our key kind of sector that we are most experienced in, I guess, is energy and then now renewables. Those are the two key things that we, we are working quite predominantly in. But we also work with customers in financial services, professional services, construction. Construction is a great one right now because they have such low profit margins, notoriously. But then if they bring some efficiency into the way of working, removing the errors, 
again, reducing the admin burden. If you've got a guy who's out on a site, he's writing on a bit of paper, he comes back to the office, he's having to upload everything. If you can take away some of that from them, then, then they start to see more profitability in their business. But it's hard to see it when your head's in the sand and you, you can't see a way out. And sometimes it's just having that external pair of eyes to kind of sit down with you and say, look, let's see what we can do. It's not the silver bullet. You and I both will agree to that. But there's a lot of things that can be done and can be achieved with just some careful planning and careful thinking. Yeah. I guess it comes back to people don't know what they don't know, which is why it's worthwhile at least having a chat, right, with you guys. And, you know, you can come bring some ideas to the table in terms of what they can do and how they can use these kind of technologies to help, you know, improve their own business. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, we met an amazing businesswoman recently. She's running a small business and she's working incredibly long hours, which you know many companies are. And she's, I've been searching everywhere for you guys. I was trying to find someone like you to help me. I just really need some help. And just, yeah, we just sat down with her and just went through kind of some of the basic workings in her business. And she's already like, oh, I feel so relieved. I feel like someone's heard me and I've, I've got a plan and I'm being listened to. But how many business owners are like that? And um, we just, you're right, we just keep doing what we know what to do because we don't know any other different reality to that. So yeah. Having a conversation, a cup of coffee doesn't cost anyone anything and you never know what it, what opportunities it might, might lead to. So Cheryl, how can people find you, find out more about the business and what you guys do and what's the best way to get in touch with you? So um, I'm obviously quite active on LinkedIn. By all means, feel free to reach out to me there. Obviously, we've got our website, www.appetiteforbusiness.com. I am awfully shameful about that. It's two years in the making of getting a new website. So... <laughs> It will happen this year. I promised my team it will happen. Those are the best two ways. Or my email address, if anyone wants to contact me directly, is snewman at appetiteforbusiness.com. Love to hear from anyone who just wants to chat or a bit of advice on, on how to do things better. Awesome. Thanks very much, Cheryl. You're very welcome. Thank you. Texas is an M3 Networks podcast. Find out more at m3networks.co.uk.